Culture Happens podcast, where we discuss the future of work and company culture. My name is Megan Williams, and I am HubSpot's first ever remote work and inclusion program manager. At HubSpot today, we have over 200 remote employees in six countries and 41 states. If you consider the remote community as its own office, it would be considered our third largest globally. As you can expect, with the growth of our remote employees, it was time to focus on providing them a great experience full time. My role was recently created to serve this growing population of remote employees, improve the remote experience, and manage the rollout of a global philosophy around remote work that includes both high-level company-wide guidelines as well as team-based flexibility. On this episode of Culture Happens, we're going to be digging into what it means to be a remote worker, why it's important for companies to build and foster inclusive remote communities, and how they can get started. I'm lucky enough to be joined by two fellow colleagues, Lo Lee, a product design and full-time remote employee, and Brian Breze, Principal Sales Manager who leads a team of both in-office and remote employees. Welcome, Lo and Brian. Hello. Hi. Keeping with the theme of being remote, Lo is chatting to us over Zoom from Minnesota. I want to first start off with you two giving our listeners a sense of your remote work history. Lo, you recently became a full-time remote employee at the beginning of the year. Tell us about your experience and the transition. Sure. Um, so I moved to Minnesota in the dead of winter in January. Um, it worked out okay, um, but I kind of moved here along with that theme. I, I thought it was going to be really different, like kind of like I think about Stranger Things. I think about like the upside down, um, just everything kind of the same, but with a tinge of, I don't know, ominous behavior. Um, so I actually was surprised things pretty much stayed the same more than I was expecting, just in terms of the team dynamics and um, the way we have meetings. Nothing really changed in a drastic way. Um, Awesome. And Brian, in contrast, you're a manager on our sales team for both in-office employees and remote employees, but based in the office. Tell us about your experience managing both and what you've learned throughout the experience. Yeah, so I've been managing a sales team at HubSpot for just under four years now. Um, and I started with a 100% in-office team. And over the years, I've had folks move remote uh, and work flexibly. So maybe they'll come in once a week, once every other week, because they live uh, near Boston, but the commute's an hour, hour and a half. Um, about a year and a half ago, I hired my first remote employee, and I'm up to five fully remote folks on the team, and then five that are uh, flexible, or they'll come in some days a week. There's only really one on the team as of today that comes in more often than works remote. Um, so it's been a really cool transition, and um, I think I'd echo low that there, there are some things that are important. There are some changes. So for folks that are new to working remote or just getting started working remote, uh, there can be some things that um, can be easy to feel isolated if you don't take some additional actions. Uh, but for the most part, uh, we already do everything over Zoom. We're an inside sales team, so we sell over Zoom. Um, seven out of the eight hours that we're on the phone or over Zoom. And historically, it was just that one-on-one -on -one with your manager that was in the office. So the transition, um, well, for some folks, it can be scary as a manager not being able to see your people and watch what they're doing every day. Um, if you're managing the metrics, if you have clear expectations, it's, it's been really smooth for my team and, and uh, been kind of cool to have folks distribute all over the US. Absolutely, yeah. And I want to dig into what you mentioned about you know, managers and 
Uh, but the assumptions can be around what remote workers are doing. You know, if we were real for a second, I think remote work can sometimes get kind of a bad rap. And there's a lot of myths out there about what it's like to work remotely. The truth is, though, remote work isn't a new concept, nor is it just a fad in the workplace. We're seeing this emerge all over the place. In 2018 alone, we actually saw the remote population grow by 117% at HubSpot. And in just four years, the number of people who say remote or flexible work arrangements are an important factor when considering a job has increased by 24%. Candidates are actively seeking out remote-friendly roles in companies, and as the future of work continues to adapt, flexibility is only going to become a more important factor in balancing work-life fit and finding, hiring, and retaining top talent globally. Lo, I'd be curious from your perspective being a now full-time employee who used to work in our office, what skills have you had to sharpen as you became a remote employee and what tips do you have for communicating while remote? Um, so I think um, something I kind of, I kind of continued to do what I was doing, um, but maybe did it more consciously. Um, for example, I'm kind of an open book. Um, people who know me know that you can tell what I'm thinking and maybe you can tell what I'm thinking even when you don't want to know what I'm thinking. Um, it actually works to my advantage um, when I'm out of the office uh, because I'm always kind of reaching out to people, reaching out to groups on Slack, um, just to kind of check in to share things. Um, so I've been doing that, but kind of more uh, consciously because I know that that's the way that I'm seen. Um, I also do that with organization. So uh, for every meeting that I host, I, I make sure that there is a clear agenda. I make sure that there's a Zoom meeting. I even book, I'll ask people where they are in the office so I can book them a meeting that's close to them. I think it's uh, just things like that make you kind of uh, create some great rapport with people who you work with. I also, um, I also kind of reassess the way I communicate with certain people. So, uh, for example, uh, my product manager and I, uh, we usually have one-on-ones, but in this case, we felt like maybe it would be helpful to have, uh, you know, once every other day, we check in for about a half an hour, uh, and he kind of relays conversations that he had with other people. It's become what much more efficient than I think my working style was maybe in the office. Um, and then also, I think the most important one for me was actually forcing myself to take breaks. So no one's here to distract me which makes me really efficient, but also I'm a human being. And so I'm also really creative. So I usually will take breaks. I'll maybe work out or I'll take my dog for a walk or I'll even just reach out to my uh, fellow product designers and I don't know, have some jokes about random things in life. So that's been really helpful for me. Absolutely. It sounds like you've been really intentional with your communication strategies, but you've also learned to leverage your remote experience to be even more productive and effective in the remote work environment. And I think that's something important to talk about. You know, I want to make sure that we talk about the benefits of having a remote workforce from a business, perspe business perspective, which I think companies tend to gloss over. A lot of folks, I think, get this image in their mind of remote workers spending their days on the couch, maybe catching up on Netflix's latest murder mystery. Um, but the truth, as you mentioned, Lowe, is that 65% of employees are actually more productive working remotely. If anything, one of the biggest challenges is getting them to end their day uh, at a normal time because they do tend to be so productive. FlexJobs annual survey goes into this a little bit deeper. They found that when you work remotely outside of an office, there are fewer distractions, less time spent commuting, a quieter noise level, you can wear what you're comfortable in, and there are fewer meetings that break up your day. Ultimately, there's just more time to focus on the work at hand without feeling the pull of the day-to-day -day office stressors. 
Lou, speaking a little bit more about your remote experience, you recently wrote a post for HubSpot about how you're the same when you're remote. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that experience means to you and what you mean by that? Sure, Megan. Thanks for mentioning my awesome article. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, kind of referring back to my transition, I, um, I just thought I was going to be different. I mean, um, but to my surprise, I wasn't. So when I kind of broke that down, I thought about how I just really care a lot about what I do in general, in life and in work. So I care a lot and I care a lot about doing things well. So I care about looking at data critically. I care about uh, investing, investigating the problems that we're solving really, really deeply before we even start to solve. I care a lot about building trust and compassion on my teams and really seeing people as whole people. So even when I slack people and maybe have not met them in person, um, I know what people like and don't like. I kind of mentioned in the article that like one of my developers doesn't like white pizza. I kind of know things like that about people who I care about, which is pretty much everyone I work with, honestly. Um, and I, I think I'll, also a strength of mine that I've been kind of um, realizing, especially that I'm remote, is I'm just, I love feedback. Um, my partner actually makes, that, makes fun of me for being like so into feedback. I just like love to give it. I'm like always trying to get it as well. And, um, and so I've been doing kind of maybe more workshops than I did before. Um, we're kind of leaning into that because I, I would do that when I was in the office as well. And um, so I just kind of continue to do that remotely. Absolutely. It sounds like, you know, while the setting might change and the communication channels might change, there is a lot that stays the same. Um, and I'd also add that for us, you know, having remote workers has been business critical. Um, while we see a variety of reasons of why people might work remotely, it's really about supporting employees and where they might work best. So we want people at HubSpot to build work around their lives and not the other way around, which it sounds like is exactly what you've done, Lo. And as many of you know, HubSpot's known for its strong culture that's really rooted in values of flexibility, transparency, and autonomy, which naturally lends us to being able to better suit a remote workforce. And although we're huge supporters of remote work, HubSpot is not a fully remote company. So what's a little bit unique about our remote population is that the majority of our remote employees are on a team that's primarily based in one of our global offices. With this in mind, it's not uncommon for a remote employee to be the only team member working remotely outside the office. And as you can imagine, and as you both know, this can create some complexity. With this in mind, part of making sure we have high-performing and engaged remote team members is rooted in training and giving managers the resources to do so. So, Brian, I'd love to hear from you on how you manage a team that is both in-office and remote, and what approaches you've taken to ensure your team is successful, supported, and inclusive. Yeah, so I think there's, there's a couple of concepts that, that uh, as Lowe's mentioned, um, are important for folks to think about if you're considering taking your team remote or hiring remote people. Um, one is that if there's only one person on the team that's remote, that actually can be the hardest point. Um, and it's not that there's a ton of things that are different, but there are enough things that are different that if there's one out of, say, 10 employees on your team that are remote, that person may become an afterthought. You have nine people in a room, they're going to feel kind of alone on the phone. So one thing that, um, and this was a stat, we had a, um, a diversity and inclusion consultant come into one of our management offsites a few years ago, and they mentioned that this idea that if you have any minority group that's less than 30%, you will actually need to, to support them a little bit because they'll feel on the outs, and some of that's not intent, it's just by accident. Um, so the same goes for remote work in my mind, that you need a little bit more than just like one person is off on the side. Um, and um, I think my first fully remote hire, it was challenging for them. 
when we add two or three, now it becomes, like Lo said, you're always looking for feedback. So you might not get it from the first person, but when you have three, you can start to find these themes or these challenges that they might run into that you can adapt to. So one thing I'd encourage for folks that are hiring remote, if you're just gonna hire a few, like maybe try and centralize two or three on a team so that there's enough of a population that you can start to hear those things that, that are challenging or hear those things that you need to add to support them. Um, from a management perspective, I think there's a few things that are really important. The first is in the recruiting process. In an interview, I want the people that are interviewing to be a remote worker to know um, that they are going to have the obligation of reaching out to other folks at HubSpot. Uh, where you're in the office, you can lean over your shoulder, you can meet someone over coffee, you can bump into folks in the kitchen, get to know them just by proximity. You don't have that same luxury as a remote worker. So one of the questions I ask in my interview process is to make it very clear that they need to be willing to reach out to folks, they need to be willing to jump on the phone, they need to be willing to jump on Zoom, and spend some intentional time building network. And so I, I actually ask about that. Like, are you comfortable reaching out to strangers you don't know within the company, and are you committed to doing that? Um, and it's not a, um, it's not like a, an interview question like you would behaviorally where you ask about a time they did something, but it is a question that, that sets that expectation from the very moment that they start looking at a remote job at HubSpot, that there is an extra layer of stuff. Um, it's not necessarily more work, it's just a different way of doing it that it's really, really easy if you're remote not to do. And, um, in sales, there's good data that says salespeople that have um, larger networks, so the top salespeople tend to have roughly double the internal network at, at mid-sized or large companies than folks that are just average performers. And the reason for that is like, if you know more people, you can get more stuff done. So as a remote worker, you have to be willing to ask questions, you have to be willing to ask people to get on the phone, you actually have to be willing to feel like you're bugging folks sometimes because it will, like you're gonna reach out on Slack and it will feel like you're pastoring them, but that's super important. Um, the other things that we've done from the team perspective with kind of a blended team is we'll do some meetings where instead of having a room and instead of having a, um, uh, and, and having a bunch of people on the phone, we'll actually do one or twice a month where we'll do a fully remote meeting. So everybody just jumps on and Zoom and we have kind of the face wall of video um, where we're all staring at each other. Um, and we've done some stuff to make it uh, culturally fun too, because you can't do team lunches or team dinners when your whole team is uh, scattered across the US. So we've done a bring your own lunch um, where we'll, we'll jump on Zoom and kind of stare at each other and, and, and eat lunch together, <laughs> like where some of us are in a conference room and some are on video. And um, that, that can be kind of fun too. Um, one of the things that I think is important there is like, you want to get the shop talk out of the room because that naturally happens when you're all like going out to a fun dinner or going bowling or doing something interesting together. Um, but you actually have to, you maybe have to put a couple more rules in place to say, okay, like for a team lunch where we're all still in an office mindset and setting, like you're all going to bring an interesting question to ask each other and there's no shop talk allowed or something along those lines. Um, so those are, those are a couple ideas around it. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've learned a lot in uh, your time as a remote manager, and I love that you've shared those experiences with us at HubSpot, but it sounds like you've also gotten really creative uh, in figuring out how you can be inclusive of those remote team members, especially when they might be in the minority, as you mentioned. 
I'm curious, in terms of peer management practice, are there any specific habits that as a manager you've had to change in order to manage effectively for both remote and in office? Yeah, I think one of the things I've just gotten more intentional about is um, something like team lunches where we do that remote. That's an easy thing to look at and say, okay, a bunch of my team's not here, a bunch of my team's in the office, like why don't we do a lunch that includes everybody? Um, but one of the things I realized uh, as I was working with my team is some of the ad hoc conversations, some of the sharing wasn't happening at the level that I wanted it to. Um, and then culturally, I felt like there were a couple of remote workers that maybe didn't have the level of connection to the team that I would hope they would have. They maybe didn't feel as included. Um, and, and what I mean by that is um, sort of a sense you can get that like, uh, they don't call up their teammates. They're not jumping on the phone and, and just uh, chatting with them. So you can build that behavior intentionally. And one of the ways to do that is we started doing these uh, virtual teas or virtual coffees. One of my reps came up with the idea of like, well, why don't we just um, have a virtual coffee or virtual tea where we book 30 minutes one-on-one -on -one with each other and check in, talk about non-work stuff, and work stuff comes up, that's fine. But like the purpose is to one-on-one to -on -one get to know each other a little bit better. And that, that's something that um, we actually talked about as a team. We had an open conversation about it and, um, and it's been really helpful for folks to kind of get to know each other better, build deeper relationships, build better network just on our team. Perfect. I love the way that you're thinking about inclusion on the team. And as a company that takes culture incredibly seriously, it's critical to us that we create an inclusive and a remarkable experience for all of our employees, no matter if they're in one of our offices or not. My main role is to make sure that we not only build, but also continue to foster a strong remote community and culture that mirrors our core values at HubSpot. So as you all know, we've got dedicated Slack channels, host remote water coolers, monthly mixers, did remote yoga once, and always mindful of how we can engage remote workers and events happening in the office as well. Uh, for example, every year our office hosts a Bring Your Kids to Work Day, where employees are encouraged to bring their children into work with them. The event is, of course, meant to give our kids a glimpse of what we do here at HubSpot and make them feel as much a part of the HubSpot family as their parents. However, knowing that remote employees wouldn't be able to attend the event in person, we decided to get a little bit creative and sent individual care packages with HubSpot toys, candy, swag, and handwritten notes to the children of remote employees where we thank them for sharing their parents with us and let them know that we're thankful to have them in our HubSpot family wherever they may be. Lo, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you one program that has really been helpful as you've transitioned to a remote employee and maybe one area we can improve in as well. Totally. So I would, and it's not just because you're in the room, Megan, but uh, I would say that I don't, you're not really a program. Maybe you, I don't know, are you a program? But <laughs> what? I guess I'm a program. Yeah. I mean, you've, I think having you here has been really impactful for me because it feels like the feedback that um, all of the remote, remote workers have is kind of going to a centralized place and you can have a like visibility into opportunities that we may not see across departments and at different levels within the company. So having Megan here has been incredibly, incredibly helpful. Um, yeah, just so for candid feedback for suggestions and, and for a cheerleader uh, who understands what's going on in your life. Um, in my world, this would look like people going in front of the entire product org and just talking about things that other employees talk about, but in a highly visible way. 
it's important for the reasons that Brian was mentioning, actually, in that, you know, we're a small team of people, but we're mighty. And we're also super capable and really just lovely. So um, the last time I remember this happening, it was actually Tilly Barnett, who is one of our product experts. She went up in front of the entire product org and just gave a talk. And it wasn't about being remote. It's just about product. And she is incredible. And people left that meeting talking about her. It wasn't even because of um, her remote status. So I think, um, I think just having people really vi visible like that is really, really helpful. Absolutely. I think investing in your remote employees and giving them that platform to be able to present, uh, make themselves visible and contribute at the larger company level is absolutely essential. And with that in mind, I want to end our conversation by giving some leaders who may be considering embracing remote work or want to grow their remote workforce better a couple things to keep in mind. First, from my perspective, you have to invest in the technology. At HubSpot, we rely on video conferencing, instant messaging, and smart whiteboards to make sure we can communicate and collaborate effectively both across time zones as well as regions with our remote employees. Second, I would say don't be afraid to experiment and get creative in order to extend your culture beyond your own walls. We're all human and everyone wants to feel included and valued, no matter how far away from the office they are. So as Brian mentioned, try setting up virtual lunches, virtual coffees, send swag to your remote employees, or even try hosting a virtual event. Not every experiment will be successful, but you'll learn from every attempt and hopefully create some empathy for the remote work experience in the process. Finally, when it comes to remote work, trust is paramount. It's a new motion for a lot of folks to be working remotely or managing a remote worker, but the foundation of an effective remote relationship relies on the ability to trust that your employees are doing the work you've hired them to do and that you know they're capable of. With that said, I wanna thank Lo and Brian for being here to chat about remote work, the importance of it, and how, to, and how companies can better support their remote workforce. I've certainly learned a lot about remote work since taking on this position, and although we're still learning every day, it starts by listening to those who are remote and really understanding how we can best support them rather than making assumptions. With that in mind, Lo and Brian, I'd love for each of you to leave us with one final piece of advice about making remote work from your perspectives. Brian, let's start with you. Sure. Um, so one final piece of advice. I think um, good management for remote folks looks a lot like good management for in-office folks. Uh, so one of the things that I hear from people that are afraid of doing remote work is there's, there's kind of three, three narratives and we touched on all of them throughout our conversation today. One is, but I'm not going to be able to see that they're doing their job. Like you mentioned, uh, are they watching Netflix? Um, no, they're not like if you hire the right people, you hire people that are motivated, that are um, strong performers, that want to be successful, that are joining your company for the right reasons, they're not going to be at home watching TV. Um, so I, I think that's really important that um, you're giving clear expectations, you have metrics for success, um, and you have ways that you can track those metrics. Uh, whether that's deadlines, whether that's key performance indicators that you track inside your business, and then you set those expectations up front. So that's sort of what I mean by good management is that if you're in office, if I'm in office, I don't want to watch what my employees do every day. Like I want to give them a framework to be successful. We work in tech. It's not, um, 
it's not a rote job. It actually requires creativity, like low, um, and some space to do thinking and some space to change and try new stuff. And if you are too autocratic, too in the weeds and micromanaging with your people, they're not going to be as successful as they could be. So um, I think if you're really afraid of your people not being able to do the job that you've hired them to do because they're not in the office um, and they can do the job with a computer and a phone, like then you maybe want to think about how you manage your people and what um, framework you've set up to help them be successful. Uh, it's, it might be less about whether they're here or not. Perfect. I'll turn it over to Lo for the last word. <laughs> I love that. Um, so going in the other direction, if you're trying to prove your value as a remote worker, Nicholas Holland, who's a general manager at HubSpot, gave me some advice about basically just continue to kill it. Take care of yourself, try to do your job as well as you can. That's one way you can really just, it'll play out eventually, um, your value will be seen. And then the second thing is if there's anyone who you think might perceive you in a different way um, and kind of be afraid of this remote experience, feel free to just poke at them. I have a friend named Stuart Layton. He's an engineering lead here at HubSpot. He, he hates Zoom, or so he says. <laughs> and so at one point I set up a meeting with him because I was like, Okay, let's see if you actually hate Zoom. Let's have a meeting. Let's see how it goes. We had a one-on-one and we had a really meaningful conversation. He walked away with it with a lot of um, helpful um, kind of calls to action. And then just last week, he set up one um, himself. I didn't even ask him. So um, so don't, don't perceive people as kind of a reluctance as a place to stop. Feel free to just kind of try things out and challenge people's assumptions. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. I think that in order to make remote work, um, you need to not just challenge people, but also get them a little bit outside their comfort zones. It's to everyone's benefit. Um, but you're going to have those uncomfortable moments. You're going to experiment. It's not always going to work perfectly, but I think the importance is just to keep on trying. It's worth the effort. I want to thank both of you again for your time as well as your honesty. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of Culture Happens, HubSpot's podcast, all about the future of work and company culture. <laughs>